Welcome to Nurse Narrative, the Auburn University School of Nursing podcast, where we invite you to join our story. In this episode, Kelly interviews John and Avril Thomas, founders of the organization Living Hope in Cape Town, South Africa. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I am Kelly Strickland, your host, and unfortunately, I am not going to be joined by Miss Megan Jones today. She has some prior obligations, but I wanted to give you a little bit of information about the people that we'll be interviewing today. So about 10 years ago, while I was in my undergraduate program, I was able to travel to Cape Town, South Africa to work with an organization called Living Hope. And the founders of this organization are John and Avril Thomas and they are personal, dear, dear friends and mentors of mine. And um, we developed a relationship at that point and have kept in touch ever since. They are so precious to me and they've been doing so much in their home country um, to really help their communities. They are providing all sorts of services to their community through their organization, Living Hope. And I had the opportunity to work in their wound care clinics and to work with the home health care workers and some just amazing experiences that I've I've had um, happened there in Cape Town, South Africa. And so we sit down today and discuss World TB Day or World Tuberculosis Day. And I will put some links in the show notes um, based on kind of some things that we talk about through that throughout the interview. And if you want to learn more about tuberculosis, the disease process, I'll also have a link in the show notes so you can learn a, a little bit more about that disease. But we just had such a wonderful time catching up and talking about um, what they're doing to help their community. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. These are some of my dearest people. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, I'm so excited. Thank you so much, John and Avril, for being here. Um, It is such an honor. It is such an honor to be in your presence in the first place, but also just um, with the history that we've shared. I'm just so grateful that you're sitting down with us um, or with me, really. For those of you that don't know, Megan is not here with us today, our co-host. So it's just me with John and Avril, and we're, we're so thrilled to have you all here for World TV Day, which is... March the 24th. Um, so, all right. So why don't we start with what Living Hope is? Why don't you just kind of give me a sketch? What is Living Hope? Living Hope is a faith-based organization. We're Christians seeking to bring hope and break despair of poverty and disease in Cape Town, South Africa. Mm. We also have a branch in East London, which is about 500 miles away, but our main operations are based in Cape Town. And we're an organization that now is 20 years old Mm -hmm. and have 48 different programs. Mm. Um, Last year, 2019, we served about 112,000 people and about 80,000 of those people were in health care. So most of the healthcare programs are primary healthcare, community-based healthcare, working in communities, doing everything from screening of blood pressures and diabetes and TB and HIV, and then a lot of support groups for people in various stages of illness, chronic medication support groups, chronic medication distribution. Mm -hmm. So we distribute chronic meds to people so they don't have to go to clinics and hospitals and so Mm -hmm. on. 
We also run a 22-bed hospital, which is a subacute facility, and we see have palliative care patients and uh, physical therapy patients needing recovery from strokes, um, uh, hip and knee replacements, and uh, have a number of other healthcare-related issues. Um, right down to substance abuse, which is a community health problem, which has a a large effect on poverty, which again has an effect on health. Mm -hmm. And so that's who Living Hope is. And uh, we have wonderful friends in the US. And so it's so good to be with you, Kelly, (laughs) because uh, you're one of our early nurses who came along to Living Hope. Mm -hmm. I am. And um, it changed my entire life my entire life every day. Um, so, and what's so exciting is this is 20 years, 2020 is 20 years of living out. Correct. It began in 2000. So we're so thrilled to be able to celebrate you all. Um, it's so good to have you stateside. (laughs) I find even, you know, you come usually in February, the Mm. February and March and, um, around October or November every year, I start really missing you guys. <laughs> I'm glad that you come uh, when you do, because I, I I would just be sad if that was not the case. So then why, if you don't mind me asking, why did you begin this organization? If you could go into I was that. a pastor of a local church. And um, in November 1999, I was called along with one or two other pastors to the local government hospital where the nurse matron said to us, we have a problem in this area called Masipomelele, which is about as the crow flies a mile from our church building. And this is what she said. She said 44% of the people in Masipomelele mm-hmm. are HIV positive. Mm-hmm. And God really used that to kick me to say, you're a pastor, do something about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew nothing. We didn't have doctors in the church. We, we had no medical resources, but I knew we had to do something. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Interestingly enough, two years later when we were doing a lot of the HIV and AIDS testing, in fact, all of the HIV and AIDS testing, um, it turned out that the stat was somewhere in 2002, around 17% mm-hmm. were HIV positive. So back in November 99, it probably was about 15%. Mm-hmm. But if I had heard 15%, mm-hmm. I don't know whether I would have begun Living Hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, so where that mythological figure came from, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Actually, I do know. Mm-hmm. God gave it. Mm-hmm. God allowed that to make me do something about the crisis, the HIV and AIDS pandemic in South Africa, because South Africa has the highest number of HIV cases in the world. Mm. Wow. Goodness. I didn't realize that. Um, so how has HIV and TB sort of changed in Cape Town since you began Living Hope 20 years ago? Well, back in 2000, if you were HIV positive, there were no antiretrovirals. Mm. And really, within six months to a year, you'd probably die. Mm. And so the way we worked with people who were HIV positive was to put them into a support group. And we would get them together to do memory boxes where they would write special stories. Um, We even traced, they lay down on a piece of paper and we traced their bodies and Mm -hmm. did a body map. And then they would put where their scratches and where different things were on, marks were on their bodies Mm -hmm. so that when they did pass away, 
we were able to give this shoebox with special memories mm. from their mother or father who was HIV positive. Mm. And that was really a hard time. Yeah. And um, things did change in 2004 mm. when we got antiretrovirals. Mm. And we're so grateful yeah. because antiretrovirals have changed everything about HIV. Yes. HIV is now become a chronic disease right. in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody tests positive, mm-hmm. they literally will go on to treatment straight away and will have a, a counseling, a lot of counseling to accept their condition mm-hmm. uh, and to understand that they need to adhere to the medication Absolutely. and a lot of help around um the different side effects that mm. medication has because yes. of different people, it has different yes. side effects. Mm-hmm. And so we at Living Hope actually have counselors who are working in the local government clinics who will test people and counsel people and help them to adhere. And that has just been incredible. We have mm. about 3,500 people that we are working with directly mm. who are HIV positive, wow. who are in antiretroviral clubs. Mm. And what that means, they come to us every month Mm-hmm. To collect their medication, uh, we're able to do blood pressure and mm-hmm. weigh them and hear their stories and able to offer them the support. So on an ongoing basis, we are doing that. Mm-hmm. There are some people who default, mm-hmm. and obviously we will do home visits. We have a lot of carers who will go and work in the communities, who will go and visit and do a lot of education mm-hmm. with them and their families. Mm-hmm. And so right now, of the people that we test – only a 1.8% of the people that we test for HIV are testing HIV positive. Wow. And we are so grateful yes. and so excited about that. Yeah. We run a whole lot of other programs alongside just our health programs, mm-hmm. prevention programs. Um, and I believe that has really had an impact mm-hmm. together with other organizations who are working in the community as well. Mm-hmm. And so we're really excited about that. Yes. But you asked about TB. Mm-hmm. That's a different story. Mm. Uh, TB has grown significantly in our area. Mm. There's a lot of informal housing uh, where the houses are very small, Mm -hmm. like 10 foot by 12 foot. Mm -hmm. Many of them have no ventilation. Mm. So uh, there's no windows or anything like that. There's just a door. Mm -hmm. And the the houses are damp Mm -hmm. in our area. It's very damp. And so TB is constantly mm. growing mm-hmm. and it's something that we are working with all the time mm-hmm. it's world tb day on yes. the 24th of march yes. and back in south africa our strategy for this year is to do education in local taxis mm-hmm. oh, uh, wow. because when we've spoken with our staff they felt that that's another really risky place mm-hmm. to get into because our local taxis they're vans mm-hmm. that carry people from the residential place to work mm-hmm. uh, because it's cold in the winter right. yes it is people Very close cold. the windows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have all the heating that you have so wonderfully here mm-hmm. and so people close the windows and if somebody has tb they mm-hmm. cough mm-hmm. and that puts everybody Everyone's in that at van risk. at risk. Mm-hmm. And there are about 15 people jammed into that little wow. van, and they're literally sitting four sides. So it's, it's absolutely a TB factory, wow. for want of a better term. Goodness and gracious. so we are working with the drivers wow. of these vans, doing education with them, yeah. and they have agreed for our staff members to get into the vans mm-hmm. and 
to do at least three trips oh uh, from their place, uh, uh, wherever they are, yeah. to their workplace and to do education on the way back again. Mm. We've got flip charts that we're using for the people to do education. Yeah. And then one of the other challenges we've had is that we have drug-resistant TB. Mm. Um the default rate for people who are on drug-resistant TB has been very high in our communities. Mm. Now, if you have normal TB, you're on a medication for six months. Mm -hmm. If you default, you may go on to medication for nine months. Mm -hmm. Well, until recently, if you were drug-resistant mm -hmm. to the TB medications that we have, you were on it, uh, medication for 24 months. Oh, doesn't matter goodness. how old you were you could mm. be two-year-old or you could be an eight-year-old mm. you would have to take medication for two years and literally it was like 28 to 32 tablets depending oh on what you needed to do oh. and that has been devastating yeah. for us because um with such a high default rate there mm. was a 40 percent default rate those people would surely die mm. and of course we do have some hospitals who are able to take people in, but we are limited. And so a lot of the work is done in the community. Yeah. And so I'm so proud of our staff. They have be. been amazing yes. because they're in our area, we only have a 10% default rate. Oh so 90% of the people wow. with drug resistant TB are being cured. Oh and our staff are getting out there visiting the families, mm -hmm. educating the families mm -hmm. to reduce the risk mm -hmm. and helping the person who's got drug-resistant TB to mm -hmm. stay on their medication, yeah. to stay on this journey. Mm -hmm. And we've developed journey maps and all mm -hmm. kinds of things to help them to say, hey, look, I'm mm -hmm. a third of the way, I'm halfway, right, I'm almost right. there. Yes. And just to encourage them, we also have support groups mm -hmm. for people who are drug-resistant um, where they can get together and share their experiences. Mm -hmm. And that has been a great encouragement to them. Yeah. Along with being drug resistant, um, you can't go to work. Many people lose their incomes, and that's the challenge. Why sometimes yes. people default, so they try and keep working, sure. and they don't take their medication, and mm -hmm. of course they spread in the disease. Right. Um, and so we really try and support them with monthly food parcels mm -hmm. to try and meet those needs in the family. Mm -hmm. And so on this World TB Day, we are doing a special visit to all the contacts of anyone who is who is um, drug resistant TB wow. to it's something we do on an ongoing basis but on mm -hmm. this world TB day we want to visit every single contact wow. of anyone who's drug resistant to try and make sure that they are screened mm -hmm. and that we can ensure that the it hasn't passed on to anybody else wow. and so a lot of education among with children as yeah. well yeah um to, so that they understand tuberculosis. And so every single one of our programs are going to be doing awareness on mm. World TB Day, plus the taxi drivers, yes. where we're going to be reaching out to the community. And I, I love that because you are not staying in one place. You are going where there's a need. And I think that is such a very important concept for, for people to learn and to know and to live by. 
you have to go to where the need is. You exactly. can't expect the need to come to you. That's just not how it happens. Right. So but sometimes um, people don't understand the risk exactly. that they're putting themselves at yes, and yes. they need to be educated. Yes. And so education is absolutely key. It changes everything. Yeah. So tell me, since this is a podcast that, you know, we talk a little bit to um, specifically to nursing, um, what role do nurses play in your outreach to the community? Wow. Our nurses are absolutely vital (laughs) to our outreach. To to put it another way, our nurses are everything in the community. I love hearing Mm. that. They really are. With any nurse, Mm -hmm. someone who's qualified, they will work with 10 carers Mm -hmm. who are people from the local community. Mm -hmm. And the nurse's responsibility would be to educate the carers Mm -hmm. so that they can go out and do the education and do the basic caring. Mm -hmm. And the nurse does all the clinical stuff. Mm -hmm. And we at Living Hope work with people from conception Mm -hmm. to death. Mm -hmm. And so it's... Such a wide lot of different things that need to be done. And so we get alongside pregnant mommies, helping them to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because most of them don't understand Mm -hmm. the the development of the baby inside of them Mm -hmm. and the importance of nutrition. And then as the baby arrives, breastfeeding and immunizations. Mm -hmm. So it's education, 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 Mm -hmm. and just helping mommies and supporting them uh, throughout the whole lifespan. And so in the communities, our nurses are absolutely crucial Mm -hmm. to overseeing all the clinical needs. Mm -hmm. Our hospitals are full and Mm -hmm. they cannot undertake all those uh, basic primary health Mm -hmm. stuff. Our clinics are amazing, but Mm -hmm. they are so busy as well. We're understaffed in Mm -hmm. our country. We need more nurses. Mm -hmm. We really do need more nurses. And then we have our healthcare center, Mm -hmm. which is nurse driven as well. Mm -hmm. We have a doctor who comes in for up to four hours a day, but it's the nurses who are taking care of our clients who may be needing rehabilitation Mm -hmm. uh, because they've had some surgery Mm -hmm. or they're cancer patients. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of palliative care as well. Mm -hmm. And so our nurses are absolutely key to our organization Mm -hmm. and we love our nurses. (laughs) We have an amazing group of nurses who are really committed and Mm -hmm. are passionate about what they're doing. Without the nurses, we would not be able to do what we are doing. Mm, I love hearing that. Nursing is one of the highest callings. Mm. Caring for the sick is just incredibly vital in the community. Mm. And it's amazing, Kelly, how much can be done in community. in public health, you don't have to have a person in an institution, in a hospital or a clinic mm-hmm. or in a doctor's room. You can do it in the community. And basically, that's what we do, mm-hmm. nursing in the community rather than a sort of an extraction into some sterile place. Right, right, exactly. I, goodness, I love hearing that because, you know, my whole journey um, coming into community health was was. It started in South Africa. It started in Cape Town. It started in the township of Masapum Lele and going to those houses um, and doing those home visits and working with the, the carers and in the wound care centers. And I mean, it is it's 
you do have incredible nurses. I can say that firsthand. I learned so much about my profession and gained so much uh, just pride in what I do by spending days with them, you know, um, well, a whole summer with them. It was, it was the pivotal point of my, of my journey to what I do now. So I can definitely attest to the, the amazing nurses that you have. Um, so so if our listeners are interested in joining you and getting involved um, with with your organization, what are some opportunities that are available for them to do that? Well, we have a number of volunteer opportunities. In fact, just about anything that anybody would want to do, we can fit you in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, have a look at our website, which mm-hmm. is word dot co dot za and that will point you uh, into some of the opportunities mm-hmm. our facebook page is living hope south africa and that is updated two or three times a week okay. the website isn't updated as regularly as that sure. but if they're somewhat uncertain i think they should talk to you kelly yes. <laughs> but um they can write to us on volunteer mm-hmm. at living hope dot co dot za or write to me john Mm j-o-h-n at livinghope.co.za and uh, we can start a conversation over email Mm -hmm. and try and point them into figuring out whether they're a good fit for living hope for a month or two we do find that um a week or two is not long enough Mm -hmm. it takes a while to get to figure out uh, what's going on on the ground sure, and how it all yeah. works. And so value is really found in a month and longer. Mm-hmm. Um, to get a visa to come into South Africa, it's automatically 90 days at the airport. Okay. And that's what we would recommend, you know, stay mm-hmm. 89 days or 50 days or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's no issue of getting into the country. Mm-hmm. Um Unfortunately, students won't be able to get registered, but there's loads that they can do to help oh, as nurses yeah. mm-hmm. um, and carers uh, in in a clinical environment in the mm-hmm. hospital, if that's they're interested in or in community public health mm-hmm. uh, opportunities. We've from weighing babies to immunizations mm-hmm. to all sorts of things like that yes. that can all be done. So there are many opportunities mm-hmm. and uh, we'd invite folk to chat to you and mm-hmm. explore and be in contact with us. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I just want to stay and talk for hours, but unfortunately that's not possible. So um, thank you so much for giving your time. I know that your time here in the States is very precious and it's filled um, very full. And so the fact that you spent time with me um, just even at all um, is such a gift and I love you both very much. So thank you for um, for everything that you mean to me and for what you're doing to improve the lives of um, South Africans and Americans and just changing, changing the world one life at a time. So thank you. Um, and we just appreciate your time with us. So. Thank you so much, Kelly. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And it's just our privilege to be able to serve and bring hope and break despair. Mm-hmm. That's right. Thank you, Kelly. And let me uh, throw something out there, even though it might be 
in the middle of our night or something like that. If ever you wanted to do a FaceTime link up into a classroom, oh. we could answer some questions or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, and figure out something like that. So yes. there's something else to throw into it. And yes. uh, this is our first visit uh, by voice to Auburn. We yeah. hope we must, we definitely must visit sometime. So thank yes. you so much. And yes. God bless you all. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, to the listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. Take good care. <laughs>